Hello and welcome to this webinar brought to you by Virtual India Sourcing Show. I'm Meghlan Singapore and I am joined by Margaret and Kevin. Hi guys, how's it going? Hello, Hello Meghlan. Lovely to see you again. <laughs> yeah, nice to see you too. It's uh, been a couple of weeks now since we did our live webinar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The last visit. But the, the, the reason we're doing this webinar today is because there's been an important announcement from Amazon recently. And uh, basically, Amazon has announced new communication guidelines for buyer-seller messages. And this, of course, affects a lot of uh, people. So we, uh, we've invited somebody who uh, understands what's going on and the reasons behind this and you know what, what's changed. So um, we've, we've got somebody from Ecom Engine, which is basically um, um, a tool that offers uh, services related to review. So let me invite our guest on, Suzanne Smith from Ecom Engine. Hi, Suzanne. Hey, hey Megla. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> Hi, Suzanne. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks a lot for joining us early in the morning, Suzanne. It's 5.30 a.m. where you are. <laughs> I really appreciate it. And that too at very short notice. So we just discussed this, I think, yesterday and uh, you, just, you agreed to come on. So thanks a lot for that. So Suzanne, first of all, before we go into the topic, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit for our audiences and also tell us briefly what exactly Ecom Engine does? Sure, thank you, and happy to be joining to talk about this really hot topic uh, that's very relevant this week. So um, I'm Suzanne Smith. I am the Director of Customer Success at Ecom Engine. Um, I've been working in technology companies for over 10 years, um, about a decade now, um, and focused here at Ecom Engine for the last three or so. Um, but I love working with Amazon sellers. Um, I love the entrepreneurial spirit of working with uh, Amazon sellers. Um, and I'm really focused on, on the customer experience, making sure that sellers who are using our tools have what they need to be successful. Um, and what that means for, for today is really around education and enablement around Amazon policies, right? Like you can use tools, but you also have to understand the, the landscape that they exist within. And so that's super important for Amazon sellers and often so confusing. Um, so so it's, a, it's, again, a hot topic. And Ecom Engine, um, as you mentioned, you know, we've been around since 2007. We were the, the first provider of um, automated feedback and review request software. So our flagship tool, uh, Feedback 5, helps sellers automate uh, asking for reviews and feedback. You know, a big critical part of your reputation and your, your growing business on Amazon. And then we have several other tools for Amazon sellers. We have an FBA inventory management tool called Restock Pro. We have a, a sourcing tool called Market Scout, and we have an auto um, repricer, an algorithmic repricer called uh, Smart Price. So, you know, we're in the business of, of creating tools for Amazon sellers to help you grow and, and thrive with your businesses. Awesome. Great. So guys watching, if you have any questions, uh, you know, we'll be asking Suzanne some questions, but if you guys have any questions about this new development, this announcement, feel free to type your questions into the comments and we will read them out to Suzanne. So we have Alan who's joined us. Hi, Alan. How are you? Good Hello, to see you Alan. Here. Hello, Alan. No golf. How's, I was just gonna, how's the golf, Alan? 
<laughs> cool. So, Suzanne, um, can you tell us a little bit more about these uh, new communication guidelines that Amazon has announced? And, you know, why exactly did they uh, announce these guidelines and when do they go into effect? And just give us an overview of what the announcement is all about. Yeah, absolutely. Great question. And um, so earlier this week uh, on the 8th of September, Amazon put out an announcement that they are going to be changing their buyer-seller messaging guidelines um, effective November 3rd. So they're giving us all some advance notice, which we all appreciate, um, to make you know changes to our business operations, both as sellers and as you know software vendors helping sellers. Um, but these are pretty significant changes. And so what they did, they they announced it in the news feed within Seller Central, and um, they published a, a PDF um, with the proposed changes that will come, which lives separately from um, the current seller communication guidelines on Seller Central. And essentially, um, these updates were made in response to both third-party seller feedback as well as software developer feedback that the, the old policies or the current policies are just really confusing and, and sellers, um, you know, are, are desperate for clarity. So, you know, we really appreciate um, some of the clarity that these, that these new guidelines do bring. And so they're meant to protect buyers, sellers, and Amazon. Um, and they really, um, these guidelines, they reaffirm that sellers can in fact send proactive messages requesting reviews and feedback. So that is um, a, a really important takeaway from these guidelines. Um, and so, you know, if you if you happen to be sending requests for reviews or feedback, this is a great time to just be reviewing the uh, what you're sending and making sure that they're sort of in compliance uh, with these updated guidelines to come. And and from there, you know, just to unpack it again, um, it it seems like it's almost a little bit hidden on Seller Central. Like if you happen to miss that news update, you might not stumble across this PDF document so easily. And so that's our role, you know, and really making sure we can help um, educate sellers and prepare them for these changes, both within our software, as well as just coaching sellers to make some of their own changes um, in the proactive communication that, that they're doing with buyers. And so specifically, they outlined in um, in these new communication guidelines, um, both permitted messages and proactive permitted messages. And so, again, I mentioned the ability to send feedback and review requests falls into that proactive permitted messages category that they have, in fact, blessed, which, again, in, in the past, there's been some confusion or ambiguity around the language that they had in their guidelines, like is it really okay to request feedback and reviews proactively or is Amazon doing this? Are we gonna get in trouble for doing this? And the, the new guidelines, you know, definitively, um, you know, clarify that it is okay to proactively send um, feedback and review requests as a permitted proactive message type. 
they they do you know go on to um, specify some components that need to be included or elements around um, the the rules for sending those messages such as you know your messages have to be sent within 30 days of order completion so you know this is a, a constraint that wasn't there before but i believe amazon is you know trying to make sure that their messages that that um, sellers are sending are most relevant to to buyers right like after that 30-day window maybe you sell products that you know your buyers haven't tried within a 30-day window but you know amazon is making a blanket statement that 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 30 day window is is sort of required they include some other details around your message have to have the um, order number and they need to be in the buyer's preferred language and then they go on to also kind of outline what you can't send so these these guidelines initially sort of um, outline what you can and cannot send they focus a little bit more around what you cannot do and what you cannot send but you know that still provides clarity, and so I think I think um, although these guidelines are not perfect, uh, they are an improvement and are going to really help sellers make sure they understand how to stay compliant. And so they also go on to talk about what you're not allowed to do, and a lot of these things are one sent by Amazon themselves, and so there was again some confusion around what you could or couldn't could not send. And Amazon's really trying to kind of um, standardize and streamline to make sure that buyers aren't getting bombarded with duplicate messages. So, you know, you're not allowed to send order or shipping confirmations. You're not allowed to send just um, thank you messages, letting sellers, you know, know that you're here to help and you're simply thanking them for their purchase. Um, you're not allowed to send marketing or promotional messages or coupons. And you're, you know, certainly not allowed to try to incentivize or persuade buyers to leave a positive review or or feedback. Um, and some of these have been, you know, around for quite some time, but they're just re-emphasizing them, which again, I think sellers uh, ultimately do appreciate. And there's a couple more um, that you can't do. Um, you know, you can't request product reviews for folks who had a positive, only had a positive experience, like try to really narrowly focus on just that group. Um, and then they, they also clarify that you can't send multiple requests. So if you send a feedback or review requests, they don't want you sending follow-up requests. And this one's super important. You know, we've heard that this may be one of the top reasons why sellers were getting restricted uh, either temporarily or permanently you know over the last year and a half um, restricted from sending proactive messages when they were just sending way too many messages or repeat messages for the same kind of request so that's a nuance that i think sellers will appreciate and at least provide some clarity around amazon's standards and expectations for um, the kinds of messages that that proactive messages that um, that sellers can send. So there's a lot of do's and don'ts. Um, you know, again, they're not perfect, but I think they do bring more clarity than the current communication guidelines, and will just help sellers stay stay compliant 
and remove some of the confusion that caused a lot of sellers to get, again, temporarily or permanently restricted from sending these kinds of proactive messages. And they were left, you know, beating their hand on their head, trying to understand why. So did Amazon always have this uh, categorization of permitted and proactive uh, messages? Or is this something new that they have? This seems to be a new classification, you know, new definition of of the kinds of messages. You know, they sort of had different um, different definitions of indirect and direct, but these new categories of just defining both permitted messages and the proactive permitted messages, which again are messages that are not in direct response to a buyer's question, I think is a, a helpful. Um, a little confusing, but a helpful, you know, extra layer of definition to kind of define how Amazon's thinking about these messages and to pass that through to the seller, enabling them, you know, explicitly to send proactive um, messages. So, uh, Suzanne, how can sellers send these messages and, and are third party tools allowed? Yeah, thanks for asking that question, Kevin. So again, these proactive permitted messages that Amazon, you know, has now officially sort of blessed and approved in the new communication guidelines, um, they've they've also outlined and scoped how and sort of what channels you you could send these proactive permitted messages. Um, and there's a few different ways, right? Like you can um, do do. Uh, sending emails in Seller Central, you know, if you have a really low um, volume, you know, like that might be reasonable for you, you can go in and click on a buyer's name on the orders page or the order details page, and access Amazon's templated messages, right? So they have provided templated messages for sellers. um, But it's in a one off capacity, you know, you're, you're click, click, clicking to send messages one at a time. And similarly, they have also blessed within Seller Central, um, you know, you can use those those Amazon's templated messages, or they have a request a review button on the order details page for each order. And you can manually click on that button to send a review or feedback request to your buyer. Now, both of those, again, are a totally manual process and, you know, probably work for sellers with low volume. Um, but if, you know, you, you have a growing business very quickly, that's not sustainable. Um, and so Amazon has outlined two other methods, which is sending proactive messages through a third party application like Feedback 5. Um, but they specify that if you want to use a third party tool, it needs to be uh, a tool that's been approved by Amazon and available in the Amazon App Store. So the Amazon Marketplace App Store um, goes through a vetting process to, to approve vendors um, such as Ecom Engine and Feedback 5 um, and, and others in this space. Um, but I think that, again, provides sellers hopefully some confidence around the kind of tools that, that they can use. And then lastly, the other way that you could send proactive permitted emails that Amazon specifies is using an API. So that's the Amazon's application uh, programming interface, just an automated way to send messages. 
and tools like Feedback 5 tap into many of those sending mechanisms as well. But Amazon is, again, officially blessing those. And I'm sure there's probably some really tech savvy um, sellers that, that may kind of build their own um, programming tools to send emails. So it's a great list. It, it provides clarity and, um, you know, again, really sort of blesses these various methods to, to send and allows um, sellers to have the choice um, and some out, you know, Amazon defined options of, of how to send these proactive permitted messages, which in our world, you know, is very focused on feedback and, and review requests. Although there's a variety of other, you know, permitted messages that sellers might need to send to help um, simply uh, help a, a buyer complete an order um, or, or even, you know, reach out if there's an issue with the order, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Suzanne, like Amazon's made a lot of changes um, in this of what's allowed in your emails, um, like emojis and gifts and things. Can you just tell us um, what the sellers really need to be aware of um, and so that they can review their messages and make sure that they just don't get um, restricted or completely banned from messages in the future? Yeah, that's a great question, um, Marg. Thank you for asking. And and you know this is again an, an important addition of clarity that Amazon has introduced, um, but it, it also um, kind of they are setting themselves up as you know the authority on standardization of a lot of these proactive messages. Where in the past, you know, it was sort of completely free form, uh, custom, customizable, flexible texts. Um, they have, you know, walked back <laughs> what flexibility they want to offer um, because I think they, um, you know, just want to create a more consistent experience and they don't want sellers, you know, going totally uh, rogue in these messages. Um, and so in the content of these proactive emails, they've specified um, a number of things. And again, most of these are not new, um, but they've introduced um, a few more rules, both on the email content as well as the email style. Uh, it almost feels like they're putting out a, a bit of a style guide on, on their expectations for these messages. But, um, you know, the, 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 take, the main takeaways are, you know, you can't have external links in, inside the body of your message unless they're links to Amazon. Um, you, you can't include attachments except for um, product instructions or warranty information. Um, you cannot include logos um, if, if they have a link to your website. You know, so this one's a little dicey because a lot of sellers, um, especially, um, you know, older sellers who started, you know, many years ago may have named their Amazon store with their website, right? You know, like mycerealbrand.com. Um, Amazon frowns upon that. Um, you know, that's probably not a current practice, but it creates some tension because, you know, essentially your logo is a website. Um, so, you know, even things like that, I think Amazon is starting to crack down on. And, and again, may encourage you to kind of update your logo or brands if it's a reflection of a, of a website. Um, they go on to specify that um, you, you can't um, include 
links to opt out of messages or any sensitive content or images. Um, you know what they want to think, keep everything um, PG and really friendly. Uh, they mentioned you can't uh, include tracking pixels or images, email addresses or phone numbers, um, or even images of the purchased product because they're, they're really focused on the fact that Amazon's going to include that. Um, so, you know, be very careful with images that you include um, and then don't include any images that don't have anything to do with your brand or company. So there's a lot of a lot of a lot of don'ts in that list, um, <laughs> and some of them are intuitive. Some of them are are not so much. Um, but then they even go on. You know, the I think the one of the latest additions to sort of their style guide don'ts is is the styling of your message. Um, no more emojis. No more gifs. Um, and then even very specific formatting guidelines. Um, so, you know, they are really coming down to say, hey, we want the look and feel of this message and the content, you know, to be a certain way. And these are our guidelines. You know, they're meant to help you, but it's it's a lot. Um, they even specify one of the more funny ones on on some of the um, on on some of the seller community threads is they specify you can't have spelling errors or grammar issues. <laughs> Is that oh, something Suzanne. you would have added? So, sorry, Megla. Um, so, yeah. Suzanne, what's, what's the safest or the best way to send feedback and ask for review requests these days without getting slammed out of Jeff's door? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and obviously, um, you know, in this day and age, you, you have that laundry list you can follow. It is, you know, quite long and relatively clear, uh, effective November 3rd. But um, what we're also finding is that um, it, it's hard to follow all of those rules, yeah. right? Like that's a lot, it's, it's a bit cumbersome. Yeah. Some of it's intuitive, some of it's not. And so, you know, this is a really good time for sellers to consider switching to um, the Amazon request a review feature in Feedback 5, for example. Uh, which sellers are seeing really great results with. Um, and these messages, again, they correlate to the same message uh, being sent from that request a review button in Seller Central. And so these messages come directly from Amazon. Amazon controls the content and the styling. And you sort of never have to worry about whether you're breaking any of Amazon's communication guidelines. And so, as I mentioned, you know, sellers have the option to click that request a review button um, manually in Seller Central. But for most folks, that's just simply not scalable, not sustainable. And so, Feedback Five really pioneered an automated way to um, use Amazon's APIs to send um, those messages um, on behalf of sellers. And the way it works um, is it is is within Feedback Five you know, better than a button click or a Chrome extension, um, you can use our campaign rules to really cater um, the, the, the way you want to send these requests. So you can send them within five to 30 days after an order. And the great thing is, is because again, they're Amazon's message, it includes an automatic translation of the, the message based on your buyer's um, preferred language 
in Amazon. So you don't have to worry about, about that element at all. It's taken care of um, based on, on those preferences. And um, again, you know, sellers are starting to see uh, up to a 41% increase in daily reviews um, in the first 10 days after activating this new Amazon request a review feature. So it's pretty significant. Um, and, and um, you know, some sellers ask us, well, why do I even need to send these messages? You know, Amazon, isn't Amazon doing this for me? Um, and, and they may be, right? You know, we, we, the, the thing is, um, you don't have any visibility or control um, around what Amazon is or is not doing. And so most of our sellers, especially those who, who try it out, and if you get a big boost in your daily um, reviews, your average daily reviews, you know, it's it's worth it. And it gives you the ability to kind of fine tune those rules, right? Amazon might have some blanket <laughs> rules in place on how they send, but, you know, you know, your product catalog, you know, you know, skew by skew, when it's most appropriate to ask for a review request, you know, whether it's, you know, a consumable that you want to ask for a, a review request right away, um, or it's something that a seller has to put together and, and, you know, use for a few weeks before you really want to trigger that review request. You can use Feedback 5 to program those kind of rules, you know, at scale for your entire catalog on a skew by skew basis if needed. Um, and, and again, sellers are getting really great results. We even work with you know, tons of, of agencies who have adopted this new feature on behalf of their clients and they're seeing some great results as well. Suzanne, what's the difference with the now they've got the new ratings compared to reviews? Do people get that option when they get to ask to review or is that just something, a different thing altogether? So that's a great question. And um, it, it seems the way Amazon has presented um, ratings versus reviews, you know, ratings seem to be, you know, the, the star ratings that are entered um, for reviews or feedback, whereas the, the review is the actual comments. Um, it's not totally clear how Amazon is, is weighting, you know, the difference between the two. But the great thing is when you use that request a review button or, you know, third party tools to help you automate this sending mechanism is that the, the when the buyer receives that email, it has a request for a product review and seller feedback included in the email and um, it's dynamic. So if the, the recipient, the, the buyer clicks a star rating from your email it is submitted at that particular moment. So it takes them to, to Amazon, but at that moment in time, um, you know, you see that the ratings already submitted and it prompts, you know, the buyer to leave comments, you know, the actual review, but it, it is a nice way to kind of just build that up. Um, and as a, you know, as a, as a shopper, I appreciate seeing both of those ratings and reviews, you know, I think each person individually probably uses their own threshold of like, well, I only want to look at products who are, you know, four stars and above or four and a half stars, you know, it, it builds, um, you know, just that um, confidence level in shoppers. And then if, you know, if, if a product has met that rating threshold 
personally, then I go in to deeply read the reviews. But I think both are still important. And I think, you know, lots of um, lots of folks are asking those same kinds of questions and looking for more clarity around what the weighting difference is between the two. Yeah, because you seem to get a lot more ratings these days. I think people are almost lazy and don't follow up with the review. It just seems to be, you know, if you look at the amount of reviews you get compared to the amount of ratings, or we do, I presume sure. everyone's the same. Well, and I think it, it might be, you know, a, a result of the way that they've made it so much easier to leave a rating. You know, I, I, I don't know 100%, but probably in the past, if they weren't allowing end users to, you know, submit their ratings from the email directly, like if it just took you into Amazon and then you had to press your star rating and then you had to click submit, you know, that's like a multi-step process where, yeah. where now, you know, they're capturing the rating directly from the emails. Um, so I would certainly expect ratings to go way up. Um, but <laughs> as you mentioned, but the reviews are really important and obviously sellers really want to get um, those positive reviews um, within their, their product catalogs for, for other buyers to read when shopping. One of the other things, Suzanne, was um, I remember oh, a, long, oh, a long time ago when we first started sending off uh, emails, um, we could do PDFs and all kinds of workbooks, uh, instructions, all kinds of things. And it was, um, I remember sort of staying up late at night trying to work out <laughs> how we could attach all these things to an email uh, to, to, you know, to try and sort of, you know, get people to give us a review. Um, how's that all that sort of stuff going to work now? So, I mean, they have said within the guidelines that, you know, attachments, the only permitted attachments are product instructions, warranty information, or yeah. invoices. So that, you know, really limits um, the kinds of things that you could send. Um, obviously, there's still other options around packaging, inserts, um, you know, or other information to, to try to encourage reviews. But yeah. um, clearly Amazon is, you know, trying to standardize more, you know, their expectations for how sellers should do this. Right. So no Thank recipe you. booklets. <laughs> no <laughs> recipe booklets. <laughs> <laughs> but I think those kinds of things can be included, you know, in the inserts or if you have an instruction booklet. I think that makes sense. And if you look at any other products that you buy, um, you know, from any other brands, like an appliance or a microwave or any other appliance, they they do have recipes in the instruction booklet or maybe a separate recipe booklet in the box. I think that's something that people could consider instead. Yep, so let's see, we have a couple of questions here. Um, okay, so Anna's asking, wondering where to get a list of the TOS. So there's a really nice blog post that Ecom Engine has done, and I've shared this in the Facebook group, the India Sourcing Facebook group, and um, someone from Ecom Engine has, in fact, posted a link to that blog uh, over here. I, I'm not sure which post this is on. It's probably on the Asian Seller Facebook post because we're streaming on a few different uh, <laughs> posts. <laughs> so I think it's on the Asian Seller post. Um, and... So go check that out, Anna. But otherwise, um, Suzanne, where can people get the entire list? So the entire list um, is available on Seller Central. And let's see, we can put the link directly. 
Yeah, we can probably do that after the show is, is done. We can probably post a link. Um, yeah, we'll post a link to I think there's also a PDF. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just for all the folks out there, uh, Suzanne's near Washington. She's got a special computer <laughs> to give us special links. <laughs> Sorry, Suzanne, I couldn't, I couldn't let that one go right. <laughs> uh, okay, so someone's saying thank you for doing a show UK morning time. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, okay, here, so this is the link. This is the blog post. And I think it's Colleen who's probably watching with us. <laughs> so she's probably posted the link here. Um, but yeah, this is the post that I saw and it was very comprehensive and all of the guidelines and the do's and don'ts are outlined very clearly. And so definitely go and read this blog post. Okay, we've got a question from Alan. Is there a place where we could download Amazon's own templates which we could replicate and place on our own automation platform? That's a really good question. Um, so within Seller Central, um, you know, if you go to an individual order and click into the custom templates um, or the standard templates, you know, you can sort of see what they make available. Um, but they, because we don't use, you know, this one-off approach often, I'm not sure if it includes like all of the elements. Um, I would encourage you, what we typically do is, is try to operate, you know, like a buyer and, and actually, you know, be the recipient of many of these various emails so that we can see the full look and feel. I think we also have um, on our blog, um, when we talk about request a review, which again is, is becoming increasingly sort of the preferred option. Again, if you want to just not have to worry about any of the um, any of the rules, we I know on our blog have a copy of what that email looks like. Mm. Let's see. And, yeah. We'll put that in. And is it updated with the new guidelines? <laughs> well, so, so the request a review email is actually doesn't apply really to these guidelines, right? Like it is by definition, it's Amazon's email, Amazon's content um, and completely compliant. Um, The the rest of the guidelines, as you saw, you know, the list, there's 10, 20, 30 things to consider. So um, Amazon's still saying sending flexible customized messages is okay, but you have to follow, you know, these 30 different rules if you want to send a custom or flexible message. And so, you know, Ecom Engine's going to be working to make sure that um, all of our customers who use any custom templates have options that are totally compliant, um, but there's gonna be some, some judgment and still, you know, flexibility and personalization around what individual sellers want to do. Right. Susan, um, we- Go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. Uh, yeah, we usually, if someone sort of writes back and says, like, the product's not as described or was, you know, had an issue with it, um, I usually sort of write and say, like, that we want to ensure our customers have a great experience and would you mind telling me, you know, what the problem was, etc. Is that still an acceptable thing to do or not? Absolutely. Um, so, so, you know, responding to product reviews is still, you know, a, a best practice. Um, you know, I think the, the rules basically say you, you can't ask that person to remove the product review. 
Um, and that has been the case, you know, for, for some time, but I would highly encourage everyone to continue responding to all reviews, positive or negative, um, but because again, it sets that, you know, sort of public record for other shoppers to see, you know, see a bit of your personality, see your customer service approach. Um, and even if someone has had a bad product review, um, but you respond really well, really effectively, you know, like that might turn, you know, sort of that negative product review into a positive experience for someone shopping, especially if, if buyers recognize that the problem was out of your control, right? Yeah. Um, so if it's, you know, arrived broken or something, you know, one out of 200, one out of a thousand, you know, arrived broken, well, you know, you can address that. And I don't think that would take someone away from, from ordering, you know, your product. So absolutely, that's the best practice. There's so many, so many people we know in the Amazon world um, that they complain that <clears throat> I've got a fantastic product and it's really unfair because someone give me a one star or a two star, and it's really is out of the, 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 you know, they can't do anything about it. And we always say to people, look, turn a negative into a positive. Just go like just exactly what you just said, and that's what that's how we handle it each time. And don't be mad. We just well, we try. Yeah, you, you we, know, we you, try, you try and to, give it to, a turn that negative into a positive. And I think, like you said, Suzanne, people see you as you know um, someone is, is is having a go, <laughs> and, and not just going to ignore those comments or, or not afraid to um, you know sort of go against those comments. So you know, we 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 uh, we go in there all the time, and and uh, we love them, don't we, Mike? It's a challenge. Some of them. <laughs> well, and if you continue, you know, we also tell people, you know, continue asking for reviews and requests yeah. because also, you know, one negative review out of 10, you know, looks a lot worse than one out of 100 or, you know, five out of 100. Um, so, you know, keep keep building up that, that muscle um, and keep the requests going, you know, even established sellers um, who have tons of, of reviews and requests, you know, buyers want to see fresh, you know, fresh, current, recent reviews, you know, even if you have thousands that are from a few years ago, you know, the, you look stale. So, you know, it's really an important part. Amazon has, um, you know, sort of embedded into the uh, shopper's DNA to look for, you know, recent reviews and, um, in, interpret, you know, your opinion of the the seller's reputation and, um, you know, their customer service and customer experience from a lot of the comments. Yeah. Suzanne, do you also think, though, that uh, a lot of the, uh, if, if you looked at a, a product and it had 200 five-star reviews, it's not real, is it? <laughs> you know, you, you want to look, you, as a shopper, you'd rather look at that and it's got a mix of reviews. You know, or across Absolutely. the board, across mm -hmm. the board. You know, not not just five star, four star, three star, two star, one star, because you're going to get all sorts. If you've sold, you've been on the platform that long, and you've got 200 reviews. To have 200 mixed reviews to me is far better than having, you know, five star reviews. And so often I see in the comments in different Facebook groups, people, their whole life is crushed when they get a four star <laughs> review. <laughs> You know, and I mean, 
I've got, you know, I've had people, I've seen people's comments and they say, I've got, you know, like so many, so many five-star reviews and this one person has given me a two-star review. It's <laughs> <laughs> my world, you know. But anyway, get over it. <laughs> it's about perspective, right? And, and yeah, absolutely, yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, I, I'm with you. I would rather um, see yeah. someone who's a little bit more of a mixed bag with yeah. really authentic yeah. reviews than somebody yeah. who just has you know, 200 five-star reviews that say the product is good, <laughs> you, you know. Yeah. One of my students, her first review was a one-star, but it said, oh, I love the product, my grandson. I gave it to him as a gift, and he's so happy with it. But they gave her one-star, so she was obviously elderly and didn't understand one and five. Like, <laughs> it was so frustrating. She's going, what can I do about this? How can I turn this around? I said, you can't. You can't go and say, are you an idiot? And you've given me a one-star and you meant to give me a five. Like, it goes the other way. But, I mean, you know, um, it's quite funny. when It was like a boss. Oh, she was so upset because that was their first review that they got. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, Alan. I take it to heart when I get a one or two star review. However, on several occasions, managed to change them from one or two to four or five, thanks to timely customer service. Yeah. Oh, that's very encouraging to know. So, yeah. Yeah. so your customers have actually changed the reviews because, yeah, that's that's very difficult to you know go back to them and say, hey, can you change the review? Right. You, you didn't ask for Alan, did you? <laughs> we, we, we've been in that position ourselves, Mark, haven't we? And we've got, yeah. oh, what are we going to say? And, a, and a Amazon going to, you know, like, you know, pick up on the words that we use in the in the email. And so we're always tentative and very sort of, <gasps> what are we going to do? How are we going to handle this? So, you, Alan, that's amazing. You're doing really, really well, mate. <laughs> So, Suzanne, why do you think Amazon has announced these changes now, you know, right before Q4? Do you think it might be because they're expecting a lot of FBM orders and, you know, um, maybe for FBM orders, you might have to send more messages to, to customers and there may be issues. I mean, do you think it's because of that or it's just a coincidence that it's right before Q4? And um, especially a Q4 that's going to be historic, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a really good point. Um, you know, honestly, I don't know. I think that is, is, seems to be good, um, you know, uh, backward reinforcement for, for why they would make this change. But I can also imagine, you know, that things like this on the Amazon side take a really long time to actually push out. So, um, who knows, you know, maybe they've been working on this for months and it's just more of a of coincidental timing. Um, we have seen, as you probably have too, you know, Amazon's changed their tune on these temporary restrictions for proactive sellers. Their enforcement of, of those has increased. Um, and the rules, you know, a year ago, if you got temporarily restricted from sending proactive messages, it might be for a week or 10 days they kind of ramped that up to a month and now we're even seeing permanent bans from proactive messages, which is super unfortunate and very troublesome from for, for sellers. And so I think as they've ramped up that enforcement, you know, we've certainly have been pushing for tons more clarity uh, for sellers on what they're doing wrong, right? Like that's, it's, it's such a terrible situation to be permanently restricted 
and not be able to get a clear specific answer on what happened. And so, you know, I know we've been pushing on that for a while and I know lots of sellers, you know, who've been in that boat. Um, it's just really frustrating because you might be able to clearly identify, you know, one thing that you're doing wrong based on, you know, these guidelines and even what they have in place. Um, but even if you fix that and you still get restricted, you know, it's a bit of a black box. So um, I hope that Amazon, ha you know, had been working on this for a really long time, but I absolutely agree with more FBM orders. I'm sure there'll be more proactive communication needed to, to make sure that orders are delivered and the whole process is, is successful. So hopefully this will enable sellers doing more FBM um, to manage those communications effectively. Hopefully it won't be too cumbersome with all of the rules, but you know, I think a lot of those communications end up having to be one-off anyway, right? Like if you have a specific problem with an FBM order, like you're reaching out to that individual customer. So you probably have to do it in seller central anyway. Um, and Amazon's going to have a lot of their preset stuff in there for you to use um, uh, as well as, you know, already be taking advantage of a lot of, you know, the formatting and other rules for you. But those are one-off messages, right? Like anything that you need to do at scale, you're certainly not going to do one click at a time. Right. Absolutely. So Alan says, if I come on, no one will get a word that way. <laughs> yes, so we know that. <laughs> Kamal Sandhu says, hi. Awesome. Hello. Well, Mark, Kevin, is there anything else uh, that you guys want to add before we wrap up here? Well, we, could, could probably, we could probably talk about this subject all night long. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just... Like it's it, this this subject has gone on forever and a day, hasn't it? And it's changed so much. And uh, you know, since we started with Amazon, you know, it it's just keeps evolving all the time. And and of course, um, we would love to be able to you know communicate with our customers. Well, when I say, but they're not our customers, are they? They're not your so customers. Yeah, customers. <laughs> so, um, but even sometimes it's a little bit sort of. Um, uh, how can I say, old-fashioned sort of RK or whatever the word might be, when people or customers reach out to us with a problem, it seems to be um, so hard to really help them because Amazon are in the way. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> and, and myself and Mark, we get frustrated sometimes because we see there's a little issue and we know we can sort of handle it in a lot of ways, but because we have to watch our P's and Q's, it's like being at grandma's on a Sunday afternoon when you feel <laughs> like swearing. <laughs> You've got to watch, you know, the language. And when you first started off, Suzanne, you spoke like a lawyer. <laughs> and, and sometimes like those words and the way the articulation of the English language and the way that Amazon want us people to relate to, you know, what they say. Um, a lot of ordinary people find that quite hard to comprehend. Not that they're, you know, there's a problem, but to talk like that in that language sometimes is very difficult for people to, to pick up on it. Do you agree? For sure. You know, there's, yeah. there's a disconnect between... Yeah, um, yeah you know, a Amazon's 
policy language and yeah. most people's, you know, like everyday human centric approach <laughs> to just customer <laughs> service, right? Um, and, and that's why, you know, we've tried to, you know, publish our blog and unpack yeah. a lot of what they're doing. You know, at times you you can't get away from using their language because it's it's quite explicit, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah for sure. Yeah. And it leaves room, some room for interpretation. But um, you know, Amazon claims they want to be you know the the company that's most customer centric and provide the best customer experience. You know, to to buyers, obviously sellers. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. fit into that ecosystem. Um, in, in, in a very important way, but um, you know, it doesn't always align perfectly around what their priority yeah. is. But um, I hope, you know, in the end, I think there'll be some pain around adopting these new guidelines. Um, and my hope is that people will lean into other automated and scalable requests for things like reviews and feedback. Um, because why, you know, nobody wants to spend time managing a 30 point punch list of rules. Um, but to your point, even when you're managing just one off communications with with sellers, you know, this list gives gives you maybe some heartburn or anxiety around <laughs> your spelling, your grammar, your formatting. Um, and I'm sure that Amazon will get lots of feedback around that too. Um, <laughs> Right. Yeah. So Suzanne, do you also want to tell us about the uh, Ecom Engine? Of course, you have Feedback 5, uh, which is uh, mostly for reviews. But what are some of the other tools that you guys offer? Sure, sure. So, you know, feedback reviews and also review management. So making sure that you're closing the loop with sellers um, to, uh, you know, respond to all reviews, which we already talked about. There's, um, you know, an add-on component of Feedback 5 called Product Review Management that allows you to kind of do that and manage that at scale, which, you know, is really important to sellers' businesses. And then our other tools, we have an FBA inventory management tool, um, Restock Pro, that helps you um, forecast and um, uh, order, you know, the right quantity of, of items based on your margins and your sales, et cetera. So that's pretty powerful and has a really large customer base. Um, our sourcing tool to help you um, identify new products, you know, to add to your catalog market scout um, is, is also quite popular. And then our, our uh, latest newest tool is, is a repricer, uh, which again, we know so many sellers, you know, we're kind of incorporating that into their tool set to make sure that you're winning the buy box and maximizing your profits, again, based on your profit margins for your catalog. Um, so we you know, have a variety of tools for Amazon sellers. And again, I work within the customer success team uh, as the director and we um, you know, really pride ourselves on, on really excellent support. You know, so you'll get um, lots of handholding and um, you know, answers to any of your one-off questions as well as a lot of proactive coaching and support for any of your strategic questions or you know, business scenarios where you're like, this is what I'm trying to do. How do I, how do I accomplish that with Ecom Engine? Um, these are my pain points as a seller. What can you do? So we've got a great team and lots of sellers, I think, choose, end up choosing Ecom Engine both for our tools, but also for our, our support. Awesome. Great. And then here's an email address in case anyone wants to reach out to Ecom Engine. So support at ecomengine.com. And of course, 
go and read the blog post that they've done on the new announcements. Well, Suzanne, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, we really appreciate it. And um, yeah. Um, we'll thank you for you having me. <laughs> yes, indeed. Thanks for yeah, having thank me. You. Great to meet you all. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great information. <laughs> Thanks, Suzanne. Okay. Bye. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.